This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred. BFM 89.9, it's Thursday the 29th of December and it is 7.06 in the morning. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Chong, well, I'm not Chong Jensen, I'm Wong Xiaoning and you are Chong Jensen. Sorry, as usual, I got myself confused. I'm clearly dying for the weekend. But let's recap how global markets closed yesterday. So for US markets, the sell-off continued with the Dow down 1.1%, S&P 500 down 1.2%, the Nasdaq down 1.4%, and in Asian markets, the Nikkei was down 0.4%, the Hang Seng was up by 1.6%, the Shanghai Composite Index was down by 0.3%, the Straits Times Index was flat, and the FBM KLCI was up by 0.4%. So for more insights into what's moving markets, we speak to Carlos Casanova, Senior Economist at UBP. Good morning, Carlos. Always good to speak to you. Now, with the loosening of restrictions on China and also, of course, in Hong Kong, there are going to be some positive spillovers onto the island state. So what benefits will Hong Kong derive from the reopening of all the borders? Hi, good morning. So, um, you know, Hong Kong is very dependent on um, mainland China for a number of um, things. Um, but one of those things um, is, of course, consumption. Um, so with the closed border between mainland China and Hong Kong, we've seen, um, you know, a very significant decline in, in, the, in the service sector and in the consumption sector. And that is expected to recover um, once um, they start to gradually open the border starting from January next year. So there will definitely be some positive spillovers. Um, but um, it's possible that there'll be a period where it's a little bit, um, you know, unclear or a little bit <laughs> a little bit chaotic once people start coming in and cases increase. Um, so it's possible that for the first quarter or so, um, people will still be very cautious or very careful about rising cases. And then at some point um, in the second quarter or towards the second half of the year, um, definitely it should be a positive uh, factor for Hong Kong's economy. And Carlos, does that mean you have a more bullish uh, outlook for the Hong Kong economy in 2023? What sort of uh, growth are you looking at? Yeah, not just me. So if you actually um, pay attention at the consensus, um, we have seen a gradual shift up in expectations for 2022. Um, so current consensus expectations are that the economy is going to rebound to 3.0%. Uh, my personal view is that the rebound might be a little bit more moderate given what I've just mentioned about, um, you know, things getting worse before they get better um, after reopening because of the rising um, cases. So I think that we are going to see a rebound to uh, around 2% in um, 2023. And that is significant because it's up from um, what we expect will be minus 1.5% in 2022, um, which will mark the third uh, year in the last five years that Hong Kong contracts. Um, as it's been uh, suffering from a number of headwinds. So definitely, um, it should be quite a big uh, driver of activity in the next year. Uh, but just you know, keep, keep um, an eye out for that volatility uh, at the beginning of the process and then um, stability and a rebound uh, towards the second half. But Carlos, is this enough for Hong Kong to reclaim its throne as the financial hub of Asia? Um, it's, so Hong Kong still remains um, the largest IPO centre, um, it has more assets under management than Singapore in the region. Uh, we have seen an exodus of talent in the past uh, year or so, um, and that it can be traced back to a number of 
different factors, um, including um, the COVID zero policy, but also national security law and things like that. So um, it only addresses, uh, you know, investor concerns uh, around zero COVID. The other factors that were driving the exodus remain in place. Um, And so for me, um, I think that it will continue to be uh, the largest center in terms of volumes. Um, But this trend that we've been seeing of um, some of the international companies moving key roles to other parts of Asia, namely uh, Singapore, um, is something that will continue. Um, For that to uh, potentially reverse, we would have to see a much more dynamic activity in Hong Kong, especially on the financial front. Um, And for that to take place, um, I think we are looking at a much longer um, calendar uh, and it would have to coincide with China's financial reform. So uh, in some, no, I, th- I think that it, it will help in terms of the economy, but some of the trends that we've been observing in the past couple of years will continue. And Carlos, what are your expectations for China's GDP growth next year? And how will this be balanced by a potential global slowdown in some of the more developed economies? Right. So, of course, China is not impervious to uh, uh global recession. Of course, a global recession is our worst case scenario. Our base case scenario is that we will see a very moderate recession in developed markets led by Europe, where we now have a 90% probability of recession, um, and the US, where we have around a 70% chance probability of recession. Um, These will be one or two quarters uh, long, more likely two two quarters long, um, followed by some degree of economic uh, stabilization. So under this scenario, emerging markets should continue to be the bright spot, especially Asian emerging markets, um, will outperform all of the other regions in 2023. Um, And much of this outperformance will be based on this reopening recovery narrative coming out of China. So we do expect that thanks to this recovery narrative, it it should be possible, like we have seen in every other economy in the world after they reopen, um, to see a recovery in activity to around 5.2% for China in 2023. Um, and that's up from around 3.5% in 2022, 3.2 to 3.5%. Of course, big miss for China this year, uh, but they should be in a position to uh, make up for that loss in 2023, thanks to that um, momentum that follows the recovery, the, the reopening and the recovery process. Okay, let's talk about the Chinese yuan. How do you think it will trade against the US dollar next year? And what kind of ban will the PBOC place for its currency? I think PBOC is becoming more and more comfortable with allowing the UN to follow um, sort of the market direction. The main concern this year was with um, one-sided depreciation expectations. So they don't want to be in a position where they are defending speculative bets against the UN depreciation. And so they are keen and, and they have done so in the past to intervene um, whenever this takes place. But provided it's a, it's a normal um, you know, market move reflecting fundamentals and different policy directions, I think that, that the PBOC is, is okay with the UN moving in a more market direction. Having said that, um, we do expect to see some uh, form of Fed, Fed pause or Fed pivot in 2023. And so that should restrict um, downside uh, pressures or depreciatory pressures on the renminbi in 2023. Compounded with that a stronger economic recovery that we were discussing, we think that we could potentially, uh, you know, see some stability for the UN in 2023 um, and fewer downside risks. So we are pricing in, um, you know, a, 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 some degree of um, depreciation, especially um, in the first half of the year, um, followed by some um, degree of UN strength in the second half of the year. 
uh, once the economic activity in the US begins to slow. And if we look at other Asian currencies, is it are we going to see less depreciation this year, partially because the era of the king dollar is over? Um, I, I personally think so. I think that we have seen peak uh, US dollar. Um, that is not to say that you know from today onwards we will see uh, appreciation over the board in Asia in every single market. Um, but definitely some of the factors that were underpinning uh, that uh, dollar rally last year are starting to fickle. And so uh, we should uh, see uh, more stability across the board in, in Asia with some of the currencies that have been sold off the most and where we are seeing some exciting policy moves with Japan, for example, or even China uh, with the uh, um, reopening. Uh, with, with some of these currencies actually potentially appreciating against the dollar. And this, in spite of this, um, uh, we, 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 we do think that, um, you know, there should be some, uh, some downside risks for the US dollar next year. Um, the other thing I wanted to add is, of course, on the monetary policy front, um, we are going to continue to see some tightening in the first quarter. So the, the tightening cycle is not entirely over yet. Um, but the um, magnitude of these rate hikes is going to be smaller than those of the Fed. And so we are going to, to see uh, some policy differential. But in spite of this, I think we will continue to see uh, some stability and strength across the FX universe in, in the region. All right. Thank you for your time. That was Carlos Casanova, senior economist at UBP, giving us his views on currencies, the Chinese economy, and also whether Hong Kong can regain its crown as the financial hub of Asia. Yeah, I think he does expect the uh, opening of the China economy to have some spillover effects to Hong Kong. I think consensus is looking at 3% growth in 2023, but he thinks it would be a more moderate 2% and he thinks it would likely be second half loaded. Uh, for China's GDP, he, he thinks that assuming a base case moderate recession, um, he thinks that growth in China will probably be about above 5%, 5.2% after growing by about 3% this year. And he did say that the Overall, for Asian ASEAN markets, the monetary policy tightening is not over, but um, we will look at there will probably be a smaller quantum of rate heights and we'll probably uh, sort of decoupled from the Fed as well. Yeah, well, the Fed, I think the expectation is that the terminal rate, we're quite close to it anyway, right? Yeah. It's not far off. So the era of King Dollar looks likely to be over, although, you know, and I think in terms of the FX universe in, in Asia, we should see a gradual appreciation. Even if you look at the Bloomberg Dollar Spot Index, which is uh, the dollar against a collection of the biggest currencies out there, it's only up 7.2% on a year-to-date basis at its peak. It was 15-16%. So clearly the dollar has already retreated in anticipation of the Fed actually not hiking rates as aggressively. Um, probably at the next meeting, we're looking at 50 basis points points versus 75 basis points. Now, I think the other thing to highlight is that uh, even if you look at China, okay, the question is, it's reopened, but markets seem very jittery on the back of this news, right? Because you've got cases of COVID cases, whether they'll be exported out of China and the in reintroduction of new variants. People are very concerned about that. So I think that's something we'll be paying attention to. Up next, we'll be covering the top stories in newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned for that. BFM 89.9. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred. Moving forward with you. Visit cmbpreferred.com.my for their preferential services beyond banking. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 
For more stories of the same kind, download the VFM app.